How can you incorporate the products and services your business sells into your podcast and actually leverage your podcast as an asset for your business and sell those products? That's what this episode is all about. I'm Yanilunga, podcaster, podcasting consultant, and international speaker, and you're listening to The Podcaster Lab, the show that is all about helping you become a better independent podcaster. A product ecosystem is basically a way of creating uh, enough content or a product that helps your ideal listener, customer, prospect to solve their problems. Now, their problems can be in a variety of different ways. Audiobooks are the fastest growing form of digital media right now. An audiobook will help you reach a larger audience, increase your authority, and earn additional income. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the client will actually tell you a lot of what they want to hear. And, you know, I don't mean that to sound, you know, manipulative in that sense, but they express their concerns, right? When you start out with the foundation of being enthusiastic and, you know, with a care, they will tell you, you know, settle clues as to what they want in your potential service or product. And then you can use that when you're talking for the 40% address those concerns or in the selling world we call those objections this session is the last chapter of our direct podcast monetization series we've looked at leveraging sponsorships slash podcast advertising in session 74 in the last session we looked at selling premium content and today we focus on incorporating products and services you may be selling already into your podcast. The first thing when it comes to your podcast, products, services, and monetization, it's important for you to understand that there is different types of people listening to your show. Some people are first-time listeners. Some people have listened to you a few times. Some are hardcore fans, diehard fans. They listen to you every single episode. So as you're thinking about how to incorporate your product services into your podcast to actually monetize the show, That's something you have to think about. Another thing is important for us to look at is what Ronsley Vaz calls product ecosystem. A product ecosystem is basically a way of creating uh, enough content or a product that helps your ideal listener, customer, prospect to, to solve their problems. Rosli Vaz is a podcaster, speaker, and the founder of We Are Podcast, which is the Southern Hemisphere number one podcasting conference. Now, their problems can be in a variety of different ways. It can be uh, they have a headache or and you want to solve that headache, so that becomes a, a product. So what is it? Maybe it could be a checklist, something quick. Uh, they have obstacles. How can you make sure that they uh, get their obstacles solved? Maybe it's something even more elaborate. Maybe it's a video series. And then finally, they might have um, uh, aspirations. And that's, the, that's your big product. So how do you solve someone's aspirations? And so when you think about products, don't think of just one service offering. Think of a way to create an ecosystem around your products. From what Rosalie said, I think it's clear. There has to be an ecosystem. So there has to be a sort of web, a network where you have different parts, different points. And your podcast, the product you sell or service, whatever it is, are two of the points there. Some of the things you may be selling are things like 
online courses, perhaps you have a membership site or maybe you're part of a SaaS company or you're an author, so you have a book or you have an audiobook. It doesn't really matter what type of thing you're selling. It's important for you to think about this at 360 degrees. So think about your podcast on a macro level, think about it on a micro level, so the episode-specific level, and think about what you teach in an episode. You may have several things that you sell. My advice is always focus on one and one only for a specific episode or series of episodes. If your podcast is related to your business, perhaps it's a branded podcast, it's important that you remember what typically branded podcasts are all about. If you've listened to any branded podcast, and in the show notes that you find over at thepodcastlab.com slash session 76, you're going to find the links to a couple of podcasts that are hosted by companies. And I would like you to listen to them because those are great examples of how not to make the podcast all about your company. One of those examples is Lit Pages. On their show, you don't hear them talk about how Lit Pages is every five minutes. That would make for a very boring episode. What you want to do instead is give your listener reasons to self-persuade, to convince themselves that your company, your product, your service, your course, your book, your audiobook, your event is the thing they need to get. How do you do that? An example are case studies. With Lead Pages, for example, their podcast, you hear about success story number one, success story number two, success story number three. You hear about people having success in different spaces. And at some point, if you start to connect the dots, you realize that the common denominator is the fact that they have used lead pages or they have used whatever other company is. And if one listens to that, at some point it's going to be like, you know what? I want a piece of the pie as well. Another example is Jessica Rhodes from Interview Connections. They focus on bringing together podcasters and podcast guests. And on their show, and also on social media, actually, they do the same. Oftentimes, they feature some of their clients who share their success. And if you listen to those episodes, you're going to hear success story one, success story two. You're going to be like, well, I want to be successful as well. And you're going to realize that the common denominator is interview connection. So case studies are a great example that help you have listeners persuade themselves to actually buy. Another one can be something like hacks or quote-unquote shortcuts that require what you sell. Perhaps it is possible to do whatever you talk about without your product, but the path to get there may be longer. Maybe it's still possible to go from point A to point B, but it takes longer compared to if one uses what you sell. So don't stuff your episodes with promotional slots where it's all about how great your book is, how great your course is. Really engineer the episodes. Cover topics that make it easier for you to spontaneously add the book into the conversation. Ideally, your product or service should be the natural next step to the conversation. I'll share another example with you. When I was promoting the first edition of the Podcast Success Summit back in 2016, one of the strategies I used to get the word out there is I did a series of podcast guest interviews. And even though my goal was to promote the summit, 98% of the interview wasn't about the summit. In fact, oftentimes the summit was mentioned at the beginning in the intro 
the host read my bio and mentioned the Podcast Success Summit. And then at the end of the episode, we spend a few seconds or a minute or something like that. A little bit more about the Podcast Success Summit because the giveaway is related to that, if that's okay with yes, you. Yes, please do. Okay, thanks. So the Podcast Success Summit... Is and what happened there with one podcast Jessica Rhodes used to host, the Roads to Success podcast, we did the interview. And in 48 hours, I made five sales. And it was, I think, $97 a sale, so about 500 bucks. And what was interesting about it is that I talked with Jessica a few months after that, and I told her about it because she didn't know. And then she said, wait a second. And she went to look into her stats, and she realized that those conversions happened when the episode had less than 100 downloads. So in other words, from a 33-minute long interview, I made five sales at $97 each when the show had less than 100 downloads. So it's important for you to keep in mind that it is possible to actually monetize with podcasts and you don't need to have thousands and thousands of listeners in order to do that. Perhaps you're finding yourself in a position where you're not sure what to actually sell. Maybe you're kind of getting started and you're wondering what to sell or you have some ideas but have doubts about how to go about packaging the services you sell. If that's the case, listen to what Mobile DJ Tips host, speaker and coach DJ Shri has to share with us. I think at the core foundation of any selling um, and I know that's such a negative term, you know, with a negative connotation, but at the end of it, what it really comes down to is explaining your value to somebody and obviously showing them why it's worth a certain dollar amount. But when you're starting out selling, I think that the core of it, what makes a really good sales pitch is showing a potential clientele that you have a genuine interest and enthusiasm in what they're doing and what they want at their heart. And when a client can tell that, you know, clients can tell, you know, who's being real and who's being fake. And once they're convinced that you have the enthusiasm in their issue, I think that will win them over and sell them eventually. But um, the first step is once you have that enthusiasm, the next thing is you want to listen more than you talk, especially during a sales pitch or when you're talking to a potential customer. You know, I always say, you know, listen about 60% of the time and talk for 40%. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the client will actually tell you a lot of what they want to hear. And, you know, I don't mean that to sound, you know, manipulative in that sense, but they express their concerns, right? When you start out with the foundation of being enthusiastic and, you know, with a care, they will tell you, you know, settle clues as to what they want in your potential service or product. And then you can use that when you're talking for the 40% address those concerns or in the selling world, we call those objections. So you always want to be listening for the objections they have of why they don't want your service. And then when you do end up talking for the rest of the time, you want to be answering those objections directly rather than giving them your canned pitch and more customizing it to what they just uh, expressed to you. And uh, finally, for packaging, a lot of people talk about upselling. And I think at the foundation, you need to make sure that you don't upsell something just for the sake of upselling it and packaging it, you know, provide that real value and show that, you know, you are comfortable providing any other add-ons and you're just as, I would say, rehearsed in giving that other product or service. You don't want to just make it seem like you're packaging something just for the sake of saying, oh, here's the discount price of blah, 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 blah. 
make sure there's real value in the additional uh, upsell. And I think, again, the client will be able to tell that, you know, this person is trying to give me a comprehensive package that's going to fit my need. So whatever that may be, if you're selling a product or service, make sure that at the end of the day, it's going to provide real value and the client can tell what's real and what's fake. I think that what Shri shared with us is true and it extends beyond podcasting. It's true also for your email list, the interaction you have on social media, perhaps you manage something like a Facebook group. And what I would encourage you to do is really pay attention, not only to what people are saying, but how. Look at the terminology they use and then definitely use that wording on your podcast, on your landing pages, in your products, on your sales pages. And if you do that, a person is going to feel as if the specific piece of content they're seeing really resonates with them because not only talks about something they're interested in, but it does so by using a terminology that brings the issue even closer to home. A moment ago, I said that there are a few different things you may be selling and leverage your podcast to sell. And one thing that you may want to look into because you have acquired the skills as a podcaster are audiobooks. And when it comes to audiobooks, I had to ask some advice to my friend, client, fellow masterminder, and audiobook expert, Crystal Washer. Audiobooks are the fastest growing form of digital media right now. And that shouldn't really come as a surprise, since most of us can now download and stream audiobooks right from our smartphones. An audiobook will help you reach a larger audience, increase your authority, and earn additional income. In some cases, authors are now earning more with audiobooks than through ebook and paperbook sales combined. A good example of this is Pat Flynn's recent release of Will It Fly? Now, Pat posts his monthly income reports for his book and audiobook sales on his website, smartpassiveincome.com. Go take a look at his income reports beginning in March of 2016 when the audiobook version of Will It Fly came out. I think you'll be very surprised. For authors, it is easier right now than ever before to create and sell audiobooks. If you want to record your own audiobook, all you need is a microphone, a pop filter, and an audio recording software program like Audacity, which is free. If you would like to outsource your audiobook to a narrator, you can easily find one by uploading your book to acx.com. From there, you can choose to pay a narrator a per-finished hour rate or have your book produced for no upfront cost by sharing royalties with the narrator. For podcasters, an audiobook could be used as an opt-in offer for your listeners or as an additional source of revenue. You already have all of the equipment necessary for creating audiobooks. Why not use this medium to further grow your audience and your income? In the show notes over at thepodcastalab.com for slash session 76, you're going to find the links to everything we've been covering so far, including the links to Audacity, in case it's new to you, and ACX, which is Amazon's platform for people who are interested in narrating audiobooks or they've already narrated the audiobook and they want to put it on the market. One important thing that you have to really, really, really pay attention to, and I've already touched upon this, but I want to double down on it, is that there has to be a clear connection between the topic of the episode or series of episodes and what you sell. And this is true whether you are the host or the guest, by the way. If there is a disconnect, it's very unlikely that people are going to go for it. If you are talking about traveling, for example, and you mention a course about... uh, podcasting, 
people may be like, well, what does podcasting have to do with the conversation? On the other hand, if what you offer is the natural next step, you drastically increase the chances of conversions taking place. One thing you can do to actually incentivize people to purchase what you sell, what you mentioned on the podcast, is to have a coupon code, a promo code, a discount available for people who listen to your show. If that sounds interesting, there is a sort of dilemma that you have to tackle. Because on the one side, you have the short-term side of things. So you invite people to take action right here, right now, because the offer is available for a limited window of time. So you build a sense of urgency and you say, don't miss out, purchase now to save, I don't know, 20%. On the other hand, though, there is long-term, because most of the content you create is probably going to be evergreen, which means that it's going to be relevant tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, and even a couple of years from now. And in that case, there may be somebody who is very well interested in what you sell, but finds out about your show, who you are, what you do, and that specific episode or episodes where you mentioned the offer a few months after its publishing. So that's something that you have to think about. Unfortunately, there isn't any silver bullet here where I can tell you, do this, do that. For me personally, if I have to choose between the two, I typically go for long term for the fact that I've seen that working for me. Practical example for the Podcast Growth Mastermind, the Facebook group I manage, I always ask three questions to people who request to join the group. And one question is, how did you hear about the group or where did you hear about it? And oftentimes I see people mention interviews that I've done and that were published a few months before they actually request to join the group. And that is testament to the power of long-term thinking or evergreen content. So for me personally, I typically go for scenario number two, but it's also true that when you do give people a wind of time, they feel the sense of scarcity in a way, and they do tend to want to not miss out on whatever the offer is. And one final thing that is perfect for what we're talking about here is Tom Schwab's principle of the three yeses. You may remember we covered that in a past episode about podcast guesting. And the idea of the principle is that when you mention a specific page, you have to remember something that I said early on at the beginning of the episode is that there's going to be different people listening to you and at different levels of, let's say, closeness to who you are, what you do and what you sell. You may have people who want to learn more about you, so maybe they want to join your email list. You have people who are ready to start working with you and they want to take a micro step. And you're going to have people who are super ready to work with you and they want to work right now. And when I say work, I mean paying you, buying from you. And that's where Tom's principle of the three yeses come into place. When you create a page, and actually I would extend this to the show notes as well, Always consider adding three yeses. A small yes, which requires a small commitment in terms of time, and it can be something like a downloadable checklist, something that is easy for people to get and consume. Then you have a medium-sized yes, that is something that requires a bigger investment in terms of time, something like a digital workshop, webinar, things like that. And then the big yes, that is actually something you sell. So for me personally, I think that after... Saying this to you, I'm actually thinking that I should add the three yeses to my show notes pages as well, because you never know who's listening and you never know how close to you they are and how ready they are to buy from you. 
And in the show notes page, once again, thepodcastlab.com from slash session 76, I'm also going to add the link to the episode that features Tom explain the three yeses principle. We covered it from a podcast guest perspective, but it's something that is true for podcasters as well. In the next episode, we're going to turn the page and we're going to look at monetizing your podcast indirectly. So we're going to look at a few things you can do to make money with your podcast, not necessarily right here, right now, but at a later date. I'm Yanni Longa and you've listened to The Podcast Lab. <laughs>